Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. The highest vibration is love. Love for self and love for others. Welcome to Love Life. I love you, Jane. <laughs> I love you, Beck. I'm Rebecca and I love myself. Welcome to the show. We hope you all love yourselves too. And today we're talking about who you love. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? Is it a kind of a boyish sort of a girl or a girlish sort of a boy or something in between? Or maybe just a pet. I don't know. <laughs> we want to talk about gender and sexual orientation and sexual identity, um, homosexuality, bisexuality, pansexuality, transsexuality. We want to talk about all kinds of sex today on the show. And we want to talk about, most importantly, all kinds of love, which is really all that we're actually talking about. Is that right, Jane? And we have a beautiful email here. Look, we've touched on this twice before in our archival history. If you want to hear Jane and I talking about sort of a spiritual take on homosexuality, we touched on it in um, an episode called Your Questions Answered um, ages ago. Did you say it was 46? I think it was 40-something. 46, 43, one of those episodes. And there was Should also... Should be 44. 40, well. But it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, there was also when uh, the, the bearded lady, Conchita Worst, um, what did she win? She won Eurovision. Yeah, she won Eurovision. And, and we did something around it at that time too, which was a year ago. It was a while ago. So, look, we've had um, uh, an email, an email, a, a DM, a PM sent to us. Oh, you're so Victorian. At least you didn't say letter this well, time. We, We've had a private message. We've had a carrier pigeon drop a note into my handbag. That was wax sealed. That's right. We've broken open the seal and we've read the calligraphy and it says, today I had a love life binge and smashed out four podcasts. Now, can I just stop here with a footnote? That's the only binge Jane and I ever recommend is an actual love life binge. Those <laughs> They can't hurt you, can they, Jane? And it led me to finally ask for a podcast on homosexuality. Well, we're going to take that and we're going to raise you about six more sexualities. But I know that Bearded Lady podcast touched on the subject however i would love to hear your views on the lgbt community lesbian gay bisexual trans community especially from a spiritual aspect i've been researching the subject for years now and have many thought processes on the matter however i feel you both would offer such a wonderful perspective on the subject jane let's hear some of your wonderful perspective i get so fired up and 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 i get so excited that you know so many people on facebook change their profile photos to rainbows in support of of gender equality or gay lesbian or of gay marriage and i am so deeply deeply embarrassed and ashamed to say that in australia we don't have that we don't, we don't have not yet passed laws to allow gay people to marry so apologies because i just feel we'll get there it's just so 1950s. It's archaic, it isn't it? It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. It's still telling people how to love and who they can love. And it also comes with very mixed messages because you can turn on mainstream Australian TV and see insurance ads for health insurance where they're like, we help any kind of family in Australia because we know there's different kinds of families and they'll show gay couples and lesbian couples. It's like on the one hand we're getting the message from there that our insurance companies are happy to support you if you're a two-dad household or a whatever, but then our government's saying, oh, but you can't marry each other. It doesn't make sense, does it? You can have kids and health insurance, but you, you can't actually get any paperwork to go with that. And then look at our education system. I was so excited decided that um, my children go to quite a large school, a very large school by Australian standards, and has probably about, I think it's got about 17 or 1800 students. 
And I was very excited uh, on two occasions over the past 12 months where my eldest daughter has come home and and shared how um, a child that she knew as one gender has represented has presented at school as the opposite gender. And I went, oh, right, what's going on? And, and she just went, oh, no, the teacher just said, oh, no, I, I can't remember the names and neither would I disclose, but, you know, well, Sue is now being known as Mark. And that was it. And I said, that's it? And she went, yes. And I went, yay. I was so excited that it was so effortless for a child to present as the gender that they authentically identified with. Because I also have had experience with a beautiful friend whose child has had to go through the court systems to be allowed to go to school as the gender that she identifies with. And she was forbidden from using the toilets that she identified with, and that was in a private school. So my children go to a public school, which here in Australia, public school means public um, funded, government funded, uh, private school. So it's the reverse of the English system if you're listening in England or come from that neck of the woods. So I feel we've come a long way in so many important areas, such as insurance, such as our education system. But it's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing that the government have not rubber stamped this. And I and why do I feel so passionate? Because love is love. And that is all that we want in life. We want to be happy. And we want to experience love and love being, feeling love, giving love and everything that goes with that. And so who cares how you feel love? I don't care because whenever you're feeling love, your vibration is the highest, you are the happiest, you are the most valuable contribution to the planet. And if that's because you feel love for an animal, because you've got your beautiful puppy sitting on your lap and that's the the only thing in the whole wide world you love, I don't care. If you love the same gender, if you, I, I really don't care. It doesn't make sense. You can kind of just boil it down to saying, well, whatever turns you on in the privacy of your own bedroom is cool and that's your business. And outside of that, well, so where what? does love and sex become together? You know, like sexual pleasure, I mean, is connected with love. I mean, I don't have sex with you back and yet I love you. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. That, just, that, that, that is so good. That's how rumours start, that, Beck. That's a joke. That is absolutely how rumours start. Um, however, I guess it's probably we need to look at sex and how sex, is it about a connection with another or are you just wanting to have an orgasm and it doesn't really matter who's giving it to you? Or is it about sex addiction and that you've had to move towards different types of, of sexual orientation for extra stimulus because you've numbed out on sex addiction. You know, it becomes very clouded when we talk about sex and sexual orientation and love. Mm -hmm. So I think on the highest level, if it is about love and having a beautiful relationship and a connection, I don't care who you're with, whether they've got a penis or a vagina or neither or both, it makes no difference. It does become different when we talk about sex and what attracts you. So you may wish to have a beautiful, loving relationship with somebody and you might find that you tend to get that from the same gender. Like I believe that there are a lot of, for example, lesbians who were born lesbians. You know, I've had this big debate on a TV show once about are you born gay or do you turn gay? 
And it seems my experience has been that um, people are very divided, that they truly believe you are born or they truly believe you turn. I actually believe both. I think there are people that are born gay. I've been thinking about this too, and I actually think both are possible. And I think I've said this before on other podcasts. I am sure both are possible. Absolutely. I've got friends that have turned and and they've turned through life experience that led them to needing an emotional connection with somebody that they found more commonly Mm. came from their same gender. And let's face it, you know, you, you then there's that thing, do you choose to be gay? So I've said I think that people can turn gay, but I don't believe they choose it as an easy route in life because the path of being in a same-sex relationship is a same-gender relationship is so hard. They fight so much prejudice, so many battles, that why would you choose it? unless it was really fueling a huge need within you. And I remember a gorgeous friend of mine years ago I worked with who um, is a lesbian and she said, Jane, it would be so much easier if I could find the qualities that I desire that I find in women. If I could find that in a man that had a penis, my life would be so much easier. She also wanted children. You know, there's all sorts of, of things contributing here. And so for her, she was genuinely born gay. However, she always said, I am open to exploring any relationship with a male in case that person can give what it is I desire. So for her, it wasn't about a vagina to a vagina and finding a penis unattractive and not liking the the concept of a penis penetrating a vagina. You know, it wasn't the mechanics of sex for her. It was the qualities that she was finding she wanted in love. Mm, it's interesting, isn't it? It's fascinating. It's a really cool TED Talk doing the rounds at the moment that you'll find um, if you put in the right keywords where a trans, I've got to be so careful with my language. Trans- okay, let's just put a disclaimer out first yes. for the beautiful community of, um, now what's the acronym with the four? LGBT. Okay. Beck and I may not be politically correct here. So please just accept our apologies if we get clumsy with titles or names. It's not our intent. Our intent is for us to talk about the love and the challenges and and the acceptance that we need to all come to Mm. around this. So let's just put that disclaimer in now so Beck and I don't feel like we're apologising the whole time (laughs) for our clumsiness of not having the correct, latest politically correct terminology with respect. I'm just going to leave it at trans person then and not try and put the rest of it. There's a lovely trans person who gives an amazing, funny, interesting and tear-jerking TED Talk um, where... Do I use the pronoun he? I think it identifies as a he. Talks about, I think it's a woman born who's uh, now identifies as a man. Talks about what it means to live in a society where you cannot go, where basically all of the bathrooms, the locker rooms, the gym rooms, etc., are always segregated. And the amount of abuse that that person has suffered in this lifetime from even old ladies hitting in the head with a handbag, get out of here, and, or what are you doing in there, or all that kind of stuff. You know, harassment, bullying, um, being punched in the face in locker rooms like all this kind of stuff that goes on and just saying in this day and age can we not just have neutral bathrooms or family bathrooms where you know and this is 
what I think. If 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 a, it's a dad's week with their kids for custody, and he's got the little girl, and she needs to take a wee, well, the dad's got to go in with her to help her. Well, I know that at Westfields they have family bathrooms. Family, so you have the option of like a family bathroom. Um, but yeah, I just think it's really interesting. Some people, of course, you go and read the comments underneath, which you should never read the comments underneath anything on the internet. But every now and then, I stick my toe in, and uh, <laughs> you know, everyone's all like, "Oh, this is such a minor problem. Like, what do you want to spend all this money changing every bathroom in?" America like but you know what it's it's not a minor problem it's a community issue it's it's it isn't a minor problem it isn't a minor problem at all and the reason why is because as society opens up more and more people statistically percentage wise are are happily owning up to the fact they feel some sort of gender fluidity or or sexual orientation so you know Years and years and years ago, decades ago, when they used to poll um, people, was teenagers or whatever, and they'd ask them about their genders or their sexuality or whatever, like it used to be like 40% would say that they were bi. But these days it's 60%. Now that's not because humans have changed. It's because attitudes have changed. You know, you go back to ancient Greece, they did the whole Olympics naked and they had bisexual stuff all over their pottery and everyone was bisexuality, homosexuality, having young men as sexual, you know, outlets, married men who'd have the young, um, there's a word for it and I can't remember what they're called, um, when men are young boys are used for sexual purposes. But anyway, all of that was built into Roman and Greek society as part of the fabric of the way that it ran, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like through different cultural phases of history, we've shut down, oppressed, stamped out, felt guilty, you know, all of those things through church and through dark ages and through different eras and then through all of the conservatism of the 20th century and so forth, Victorian era. We've pretended like gay didn't exist for ages. But gays and bisexuality has always trans. It's never gone anywhere. It's just had to hide for a lot of the time. Well, I also think about the number of um, spinsters and bachelors um, of years gone by. I love it. And I think of my own family, Irish Catholic family, very patriarchal driven, um, going back um, three and four generations And there was a whole heap of aunties and uncles that never married. And I just wonder, I wonder if perhaps that's because how they wanted love was not accepted in society. So did they either go underground or did they suppress it? Yeah. Well, they and just, probably a bit of both. They did live together as two spinsters. And it's like funny, like for those of you who used to follow the old Anne of Green Gables books, you know, those beautiful old books, and there was a TV series done about it in the 80s. And, you know, there was like the the old lady called Marilla, and she lived with her brother, Matthew. She never married. She lived with her brother, and she was best friends with the lady next door who hated her husband. And when Matthew died and the other guy died, well, they just moved in together, didn't they, these two old ladies? <laughs> it's all that kind of stuff that was going on all the time. Yes, exactly. And they that's convenience right. the two women are pulling their assets and living together to run the farm together. Oh, yeah. Call it I what look, you will. <laughs> I know going back to, you know, working in entertainment in the 80s and 90s, particularly the 80s, you know, that was when homosexuality started to become more acceptable. And I can remember friends talking about their excitement and joy at being able to walk down the street holding hands, mm. you know, at how horrible it was that they had to suppress their emotion for each other. But then, of course, we had AIDS um, come out and which was, of course, blamed on gay people 
And so the hate movement started again. So it was like 10 steps forward and then 20 steps backwards. And it's been quite a journey, which I have to take my hat off for anybody that is living authentically as whatever gender they identify, loving whatever gender that gender they choose to love. I take my hat off to you because quite frankly, I've had a pretty simple, haven't I? You know, heterosexual girl, heterosexual girl meets boy, falls in love, gets married, had two kids. That's pretty easy. And I really take my hat off because you've fought battles. Yes, there are some of you fighting big battles where you're out there and you're blogging and you're talking about it and you're activists. But what about those tiny battles of those tiny conversations that you have that you speak up in the office one day and just say, well, actually, I have gay friends. Mm, You know, you may not even be talking about yourself. And the ridicule that you are faced with, you know. I mean, I've I've done that. I've been an activist my whole life. Um, I don't know where I got that from. It just was quite a default setting in me. Past life as a gay man, Jane? Probably. I don't know. But, But I've always felt very... I've never felt comfortable, you know, as a child that was born in the 60s, I then was, you know, teenager in the 70s, which was the most politically incorrect era that ever existed, in my opinion, where everybody would talk about poofters and fags fags and it was so derogative. And in fact, just about any Caucasian person in Australia, which back then was probably 90% of the population, would be able to reel off without even blinking an eyelid 10 gay jokes. And it was considered hilarious. And I just feel that people have fought, like even in those days, I was triggered to go not feel comfortable. I couldn't laugh. I couldn't tell those jokes. And so it's all of these people that have been so brave to fight those tiny one-on-one conversations, those one-on-one moments of saying, I don't agree with that, those one-on-one opportunities to perhaps educate somebody. I applaud you so much from the bottom of my soul. There's an amazing sexuality, values and health educator in America called Al Vernaccio, or if you're American, Al Vernaccio, who's based in, <laughs> that, that might help you. With, just loves doing her accent. It might help you with the Google spell check if I say it properly. <laughs> um, if you want to find this guy, because he's got an incredible book. Now, I'm mentioning him because he, he's got a TED Talk, so you can see him online. He lectures and tours and travels and speaks all over the US and maybe even outside of the US. But for most of the year, he's based in a high school in Pennsylvania, I think, um, where he just teaches. And I, first of all, I love the fact that this school, which is actually a Quaker school, has included in the curriculum year-long subjects just on sex, pleasure, consent, porn, gender, sexual orientation, relationships, everything. Fantastic. Can you imagine being for 15 years old and having a year of nothing but emotional, spiritual relationship talk? Oh, Wouldn't that it, is dynamite. Isn't it? That is, it would be completely different. Completely different. So he gets to get these amazing young kids' hands, lives in his hands, and mould them and send them back out the door. And his whole book talks about his interactions with these kids and how he teaches them. And this guy is brilliant. He's been doing it for over 20 years. 
And he has so many techniques to make these kids stop and think. And he spends an entire unit of his study just on gender and sexual orientation. And you can, there's a whole chapter in his book about it and, and how he, he speaks to the kids. But the, the book is also for parents and teachers. So if you're a parent listening and you want to know how to raise your children in an environment which is all love inclusive, he really hammers home quite a few points. For example, he never, ever, ever uses gender pronouns. So let's let's use some everyday examples. Like the kid comes home and says, guess what, mum, I've started seeing someone or, um, you know, or like prom time's coming up. And you, instead of saying, oh, have you found a nice boy to take? Or, oh, you know, who, who's Adam taking? Has he found a nice girl to take to the prom? You say, he, Al Vernaccio only ever uses the word sweetheart for two reasons. One, because it could be anything that you love from a pet to a man to a woman to anything in between. Love it. Second of all, because... If you have a sweetheart, it's got a more loving, respectful tone to it. It's not, you don't have hookups with sweethearts. You don't have casual banging quickies with sweethearts. So when he talks to the teens, he says, have you got a sweetheart? Or tell me what you do with your sweetheart? Or how would you honor your sweetheart? Or what are your sweetheart's wants and needs? Or that kind of stuff. So then if your teenager comes home and says, guess what, mum, I've started seeing someone. And, and you can say, well, what is your sweetheart's name? Oh, lovely. And then they can say, John. Or Love Amelia, or you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, some beautiful drag queen sort of sparkle glitter dust toes. I don't know. <laughs> um, and so that's really cool. And so Al Vernaccio has the students do lots of exercises where they realize that even if they're straight, which let's face it, most of the population still is. And Alvin Accio says that statistics are still, even in this day and age, really hard to come by with regards to what percentage of the population is homosexual because they've been trying to do this for decades now. And every time they do it, they still get somewhere between zero to 10% because people don't always own up to the truth in these things still. There's a lot of cultural conditioning there. But so basically, um, um, Alvin Accio gets, so the majority of his students are straight identifying but he gets them to have conversations where they realize it's still a choice and they still have a sexual orientation and their orientation is straight. And you've got these kids sitting there going, whoa, like I never thought of that before, like that I've chosen my orientation. Like it's like it's just a given. Like you're just born straight and then everyone else chooses their sexual orientation to be gay or whatever. Like they're, they're the ones who, who, who differed. But it's actually like all of us come in with a gender and then an identity or an orientation and the two aren't necessarily obviously the same thing and that we all make these choices. And then he brings in this whole slew of um, structure around values and the way that we make every single choice around gender and identity and sex and everything all through our core value system. Yes, it's which is that's got to get a massive reworking over. They need to rewrite every book. <laughs> yes. Good luck with that. I know. You know, one of the other things I'm quite fascinated by, and I'm seeing a lot of this, and I know, Beck, you've actually shared with me, you've seen a lot of this as well, particularly with your readings with younger people, is that they don't seem to see gender the same way that I do at nearly 53 years old. Um, and that excites me. And and so therefore, are they bi? Mm, I don't know. Are they gay? Are they lesbian? And are they transgender? It, it is all blurring. They're both, and I'm loving this. They're both more likely to happily, healthily label themselves and say, like a 16-year-old, say, yeah, I, I'm identifying as bi right now. 
But right they, now. Yeah, right now. But they're also happy to not give it a label because Al Vernaccio says to them, you can be this, that, this, that, this, or you can call yourself I'm in the questioning phase. So some kids, he'll say, what do you sexually identify as? And they'll say, I'm questioning. And that's Love it. it. Because it can change. And like, Jane, you've just said there's people you've known who as adults have turned. Absolutely. No, nothing is ever a given for it. There's no absolutes. No, no that's right. It's Absolutely. Kind of, and this is what we mean by gender fluidity. And so there's there's so much around this that needs to be changed in it. And this is what you and I, Beck, and, and all of our beautiful Love Life listeners are a part of is the movement of acceptance. So it's acceptance of that beautiful child that's born and very quickly realises, you know, that they actually are identifying in a different body and identifying differently to their body. Or the child that moves into teenage years and realises that they strongly are only drawn to their own gender. You know, to make these transitions so effortless and easy in society should be a lay down given without anything. And I guess that's why I got so excited with that story before about the school, Mm -hmm. that it was just no big deal. And I think that's exactly how it should be. So then I asked the girls, I said, well, you know, graduation's coming up for, for the year 12 soon. Are they able to take their own part, their partners, if they are in a same gender relationship? I get rolled eyes of, of course, as though, mum, why are you so dumb as to even ask that question? You're so out of touch. I know, I'm so out of touch. And I get really excited because these children that are rolling their eyes at me for my dumb questions have no idea of the path that it has taken to get to a point where someone rolls their eyes at, why are you even talking about well, this? Listen, it's no big there's deal. There's many schools in Australia and states in America where it's still illegal to do so. Or, or illegal, but do you know what I mean? It's, it's well, not I'm happening. excited that one of the biggest schools in South Australia that is a public school funded by the government, I am really excited mm. that it is no big deal. That's I right. love it. I love it. But we need to keep having these conversations because these conversations empower the person who's witnessed abuse of somebody being presenting authentically and therefore they're too scared. So we have to empower everybody with acceptance mm. and there is a million opportunities for you to do that every single day. Yes. And from a spiritual point of view, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say something a little bit spiritual, um, so I definitely have an alter ego inside me and he's a gay man. He comes out. He comes out. <laughs> Rick, he I does. love it. He comes out sometimes when I've been drinking. And um, he gets along really well with other real gay men because we talk like this together. And, uh, <laughs> and they don't think you're taking the mickey out of them? Uh, no, 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 no. Like we do it like there's been some gay guys that we've really enjoyed being gay together. Like he's the gay man but I'm also the gay man too. Oh, fun. And don't ask me to explain this stuff other than it's just oh, past See, lives. my alter ego is definitely the lead singer, dancer in every Broadway <laughs> musical right. that's ever happened. And she comes out when I've had a few drinks too. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, this is my spiritual stuff. Like I definitely think I've actually luckily and amazingly had some good past life um, experiences as a gay male, which let's face it, in history probably didn't happen very often. I've got something about being a gay male ballerina. Like I always used to walk around saying stuff like, well, if my son wanted to be a gay ballerina, like a male ballerina, I wouldn't have a problem with that. And everyone, you try saying that at a barbecue, people can't handle statements like that. Men immediately have to say something to defend their own masculinity the minute you say a statement like that. It's so sad that this is still going on. And unfortunately, there's a lot of it in Australia because we have a lot of, I'm going to say bogan men. There's a judgment. That's not very good, is it? However, 
I mean, I can remember I had one of my business partners um, going back that would have been mid-90s, was a, uh, is a gay guy, and I remember some friends of my husband's refusing to come to our house because he was going to be there. Can you believe that stuff? So that's only mid-90s. That's only like 20 years They're ago. They're just missing out on opportunities in life there. But anyway. It's so sad. But, so but then I also remember around the same time too um, having, because I had the entertainment company, so with 500 singers, dancers, actors, variety performers and models, a lot of those people were gay. And I can remember that, and our studio was, you know, running from very early in the morning until very late at night, seven days a week. It was a drop-in house for entertainers constantly. But the number of times that there would be guys that would turn up there that had been beaten up, gay bashings were huge. And it's just so fear-based. And it's just crazy that somebody feels like they have to stamp out somebody, shut them down and Mm. not associate with them. Because it's a disease that they're going to catch or whatever. But this is the spiritual point I guess I'm making, which is that the people who choose to come through as souls in this lifetime as being quote-unquote different from the majority norm are taking on very particular soul lessons that they wish to challenge themselves with and which are going to push the buttons in a lot of other souls around them deliberately. And the other souls who've chosen to be their mums and dads and the gay bashers or the doctor who's offended or whatever, they are in this, we're all in this together to all get the mutual soul learnings. From a spiritual point of view, it's important to remember we've all had these lives. You've all been gay. You've all been trans. You've all been bi. You've all been everything. And I think the more we evolve and evolve and evolve into higher and higher vibration and we get into this kind of highly evolved being sort of state, the less that gender even exists and we actually start to just become something that's just beyond gender altogether. So you can fall in love with whoever you want because you're not seeing masculinity or femininity. You're just seeing the heart and soul which of course is love the highest vibration is love love for self love for others thank you so much for joining us today if you have a question you'd like to send into the show go to our facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash love life show and until this time next week we hope that you have a lovely time loving and love 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 Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.